Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. So last week we began looking at the heart of God concerning the lost. We looked at our main text found in Matthew 16, 26, which states, which states, What will a man give in exchange for his soul? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit have such a heart for humanity that before man ever rebelled against them, they devised and committed to a plan for our redemption. Isn't that wonderful? I love that. As believers, we carry this same heart for the lost. Romans 5.5 declares the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. In this series, we are allowing the Word of God and the Holy Spirit to stir us up concerning the lost in our world. From the prophecy we received last week or reviewed last week that the Lord had given Mark Dunn, we saw that the Lord desires more efficient harvest and that he does not like to lose harvest. How I many you don't like to lose harvest yourself? You just, okay? As disciples for Christ, each of us is responsible to be a witness. As we lead people to the Lord, when they have a resp- uh, we then have a responsibility to bring that harvest to the bin, to the church. Amen. To be nurtured in spiritual growth. How many know we don't in the natural, we're not supposed to, a a, a mother is not supposed to give birth to a child and then just leave it there and go, okay, it's good. It'll be, it has everything it needs to grow into an adult. It's the same spiritually. We don't just leave people there. Now we can't make them come, but we should at least give the option, amen, and be willing to work with them uh, to, to, uh, uh, grow spiritually and be a part of their lives in that way. And that means, that doesn't mean you adjust your whole life to them. That means you cause them to come into the world that you're already in, that the Lord has you in. Amen? All right. So sometimes these things happen. People get really excited. They're born again, but then they abandon their own development in the process. God desires disciples, not just converts. He will take converts, of course. But disciples are necessary for the advancement of the kingdom. Amen. This morning, I want to cover three points and then hand out some soul-winning helps and then pray for Holy Spirit boldness to fill us all. How many of you just, you love talking to people you don't know about Jesus? I mean, you just, there's, there's like four or five people that do. Everybody else is like, hey, oh, amen. I mean, your flesh just, you wake up in the morning and you're like, today's the day. Johnny, you're the exception to the rule, brother. (laughs) You know, we need to do it because the Lord asks us to. Now, I'm talking about being a witness. Now, we will and we are going to develop a, a systems of harvesting around here where we go a-witnessing. And some people will join it and some people won't. And that's fine. I'm not going to get into high-pressure sales on that. But we always need to be a one. Be a witness. Amen? Everywhere we are. That can be through, you know, uh, I, I always want people to get out of their comfort zone. I was talking to Heidi this morning and I was praying about this. And I suppose since I've been saved, I've led hundreds of people to the Lord. Now, I got saved 20 plus years ago. So you're talking about over time, okay? Now, that includes one-on-one, and that includes, sometimes I get bulk harvests. 
I've given altar calls at youth events, uh, youth camps and things, and had 30 teenagers respond to the Lord in one shot. How many know that feels good? You're like 30 of them, you know? And in one go. And I'll go do camp this year uh, with Breakforth, and I'll get another, another uh, deposit in heaven. You know what I mean? And so, and part of it is due to my call, but some of it, guys, was before I ever really understood my call, I just talked to people about the Lord. I, re- I was reminded this morning, as I was praying and pre- preparing for the service this morning, I was reminded of how every job that I've been at, the Lord has graced me to be a light. And an annoyance. I am salt and a thorn. Now I'm a thorn in the devil's side. And if you're on the devil's in if you're in the devil's family, I'm your thorn. Amen. It's true. If you're watching online and you're in the devil's family, you're like, I hate that guy. Glory to God. I am here to irritate you. Until you receive Jesus. Because I care enough about you to tell you your house is on fire. Amen? Now, I love being a pastor because I get to jump. I get to hit all offices. And sometimes you get to hit the evangelist office. You say, what do you mean by that? Uh, The pastor's kind of like a thumb. You know, it touches all the other offices. Because depending on whether I can get an apostle here or not or a prophet here, the Lord's like, I can't get him there. Just you do it, Sean. Bam, and he'll anoint me to do it. You know, that's fun. I love my job. Not the abuse persecution side so much, but, you know, there are benefits. <laughs> so I was thinking about it, and I was in a job, and I told you about this before, but I was in a job at a call center in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I worked, I mean, I had to, I made some poor decisions financially, so I'd work a lot of extra hours because I was trying to catch up because I was trying to be led by the Spirit, and it wasn't the Spirit, and, but I made it the Spirit, and it cost me. And anyway, <laughs> Heidi remembers those days. <laughs> She's like, oh, I'm going to follow him, Lord, but give him a brain. Give him a brain. <laughs> I'm committed till the end, but give him a brain. And so I was in this place of work, and I, I would, you know, I, there, how many know there are rules in workplaces? And I only broke a few of them. <laughs> but I was such a hard worker that they didn't want to get rid of me. So I would, do you see what I'm saying? I'd counterbalance. I'd make it so it was impossible, almost impossible for them to fire me. And in this environment um, in Tulsa, the place where I worked, we had a lot of transgenders, and I use that word advisedly, okay? It's not like the whole place was transgender or homosexual, but there were a lot that were there in comparison to numbers in a normal workplace, you know? Now, how many know that's increasing? Amen? Because especially when they teach kids what they're teaching them. Now, here's the thing. It's not just enough for us to be disappointed and upset that they are. We have to teach our kids the right way. Amen? You don't send your, I mean, if you're going to send your kid to public school, that's fine, but you better make sure you teach them about science, real science, amen, as far as uh, gender and things like that. That's a side note. But anyway, so I was in this place, and I would minister to everybody. I, I would minister. There was a, a young girl there who was my boss, and uh, maybe she was my age, I don't remember, but her name was Mimi Mai. Yeah, she's a wonderful, she's Asian in case you can't figure it out. And um, she, she was Catholic, but she wasn't born again. 
And so I'd witness to her, and I'd sow seed, and I'd water, because she'd wear her cross. And I'd say, do you know what that cross means? And we'd talk about these things, and I'd say, you know, Jesus raised from the dead, and I'd just go, go, go. And at work, so this was a call center, so I'd be on my headset a lot. Well, we had times where there was no calls for hours. What did I do? I read my Bible. I had a little, uh, where's Herb? I had a little uh, New Testament, the Gideons, you know, the little one, and I'd pull it out of my pocket and start going. And I wasn't doing it, you know, it wasn't like fishing bait for me. I love God. I'll read my Bible wherever I want because I love him. And if they tell me I can't, okay, fine, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to, you know, and we were allowed to bring, people were allowed to bring books and, and things. And so I would read, and people would ask me questions. I had to sit next to somebody, you know, because we're in this call center. And, uh, and, and they would see that. And so what am I doing? I'm planting seed. I'm watering seed. And uh, through the process of this, I ended up being able to minister to a gentleman who uh, was actually my boss again. And how many know in those places you got boss, 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 boss all the way up? So I had a boss over me, and he was quality assurance. He was a QA. And uh, he was a former drug addict, heroin, his teeth. Have you ever seen what heroin does to people? Their teeth are rotten out and all this stuff. Because actually, drug addicts, sometimes they'll, they'll inject it in their gums. And boy, I'm giving people an education, some of them. They're, that was impossible. I should, I, I'm not going to share everything I know. Okay, so <laughs> I never did heroin, just so you know. <laughs> but, but, and so he was searching. And I remember one time, and this is where things can get, we, we need to be bold but realize it's not going to always go the way you want it to go. Amen? So in this situation, he pulled me for a meeting into his office. And when he did, he didn't want to meet with me. He wanted to know about Jesus. And I'm like, yes! You know, he said, so tell me what this is. And I said, this is not a religion. This is a relationship. Let me tell you what Jesus did for me. I just start telling him how the Lord set me free, how he delivered me from things, addictions and different things like that. And I'm preaching the gospel to him. Well, I didn't realize this, but we're in a call center, so the walls are pretty thin, and it's just a drop ceiling above us. Right next to us is our whole boss. And he walks in, like in a tear. You know what I mean? Like, opens the door. And this guy, and I knew we were in trouble. I'm like, well, this could be the day we get persecuted for Jesus. You know, you're like, this is it. I'm out of here. Sorry, honey, got fired. <laughs> Wasn't because I didn't show up or do my job. <laughs> and quickly, within a second, the QA gentleman looked at me and he said, well, I don't need to know any more about that. Thanks for meeting with me. You can go back to your seat now. And I just got up and left and that was it. And we never got in trouble, nothing ever happened, because, I mean, what's he going to say? He's the one that heard it, the body. I heard you guys talking about religious things, you know. But quickly, he did that, so I was able to sow that seed. Now, I wasn't able to lead him to the Lord, but I was able to sow that seed. And then I told you about Mimi, who I was uh, ministering to as well. She eventually got born again and spirit-filled, speaking with other tongues. Catholics make good spirit-filled people, you know. They do, because they have good reverence for the Lord usually. If their heart's right. But anyway, and she actually ended up ministering to him and leading him to the Lord. Amen. I don't know if Debbie's here this morning, but she was telling me last week that she used to, when she was saved in her 20s, 
And uh, she said that she worked at Burger King at the time. And there was a pastor that came in uh, one day a week or whatever and had coffee and would talk to her about the Lord and then led her to the Lord at work there. How many know it can be done anywhere? And it's, it doesn't got to be difficult. It doesn't got to be uh, uh, just, you know, all wrought up in nervousness and all of that stuff. You can just share Jesus with people. It's why I love the Jesus pins that Johnny introduced us to. Because when I walk into a place, it's like wearing a backwards collar. You say, what do you mean by that? How many, when you're walking somewhere and you see a priest, a cat, and you see the collar, there's something in you that goes, huh. And you kind of... You, it, you, you tilt your head, you, you recognize God to a degree, amen, or at least the association. Well, the Jesus pin's the same thing. I wear it in everywhere, and sometimes I get, and sometimes I get. And then I was in Home Depot the other day, and somebody said, I love your pin. I said, thanks, he's my savior. <laughs> well, I, we're going right there. I mean, that's, I may never talk to him again i got to throw a seed in now. And she looked at me. She said, I could use more of him. Yeah, right? We're going through Wendy's the other day. Drive-thru. Oh, Wendy's. We're going to get people saved. In the... If you work at the drive-thru in Wendy's, it is a setup for your salvation. <laughs> Heidi, I wear the pin. Heidi was with me, and this guy's done this before. And I came through, and... He's given us our food, and he goes, I like your pen. I said, thanks. He, you know, I said, he's my savior. He's my Lord. He goes, yeah, he's the king of kings. I said, yes, he is. I said, he's the Lord of lords. Yeah, he said, he's the prince of peace. I'm like, we need the worship team. Come on. We're, we're going to set up in Wendy's. <laughs> Why? Because people are going to hell without him. But we have the answer in us. You can smile and release Jesus. Now, all of you have different personalities, and it's all, it's all needed. But the biggest thing that we've got to stop is fear. I, I hope by the end of the service, you have such a hate for fear. Come on. That you, you look at it and you go, oh, you showed up. And you start swinging. Come on. Not, I'm not talking about fighting people. I'm talking about fighting spiritually. And the moment you recognize fear, you go, in the name of Jesus, you will not rule me, fear. And I don't care if you're shaking. I don't care if you can't put your thoughts together. You can always say, Jesus. You can always release the authority of heaven in the middle of your situation because that is not your spirit. It will warp your personality. Yeah. But the love of God shed abroad in your heart, perfected love casts out all fear. So my goal isn't to change your personality in that sense, even though we all have disorders. <laughs> Every person in here. If you didn't have a disorder, then there would be no reason to renew the thinking. But since there's that in the scripture, we know we got disorders we got to take care of and put them in order. So you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to live in fear. 
You, greater is he that is in you. Now, here's the deal. People say, well, are you saying I have to go out and win five people to the Lord right now? No, that's not what I'm saying. If you're not past that fear, if you don't have enough dominion exercised over that fear, exercise your dominion first, get a hold of yourself, amen, possess your vessel, and then go do it, but do not quit. I don't care if it's a year from now, don't quit. I don't care if it's two years from now, don't quit. I don't care if it's three years from now. How many know if you fight the fight of faith and you get total deliverance and freedom from fear five years from now, it's worth it. Amen? But, but move forward. Possess ground. Take over in your world. People say, well, I don't want to talk to people right now. Then pray for them. Take your, make a list of people you work with. Take them home and take five minutes and say, Lord, I don't know what to pray for these people. Holy Spirit, fill my mouth. Start praying in the Spirit over them. Lord, I thank you that you're setting up divine appointments right now. The other day, uh, Heidi was going through Sam's Club, and there's a lady there with an eye patch on. Heidi didn't say anything to her. She was picking up stuff for the church that was needed. The lady just starts telling her how she lost her eye to cancer. Heidi just takes it as an open door. Door open, walk in. Gospel, come on, let's go. I mean, just starts opening up. Heidi just starts ministering to her right there in line. And Heidi goes, I'm going to pray for you while you're doing that checkout stuff right now. Nobody even needs to know. She just starts praying for her. Amen. And she just starts ministering to her. Now, don't let Heidi's quiet fool you. Because, you know, I know better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she just starts ministering, and then it goes on, and, and she uh, ministers, prays to her, or prays to her, prays for her, and then goes out to her car, gets an invite to the church, and give, comes back and gives it to her. And the lady even said, I don't even know why I told you that. She goes, I've never told anybody anything about my patch unless people ask. And the Holy Spirit can do what? He'll just go push. Well, it turns out she's got a Catholic background. And she, her husband, I think, was Catholic, right? And she's like, this was the Lord. She says this. After Heidi comes back and hands her, the, this was the Lord. And she goes, yes, it was. Heidi, yes, it was. This is the Lord ministry. And Heidi starts telling her, the Lord can restore your eye. <laughs> I love it. The scripture says that the maimed were healed in Jesus' day. What does that mean? They had no limb. Whether it be from a disease or war or animal. How many know they had wild animals running around? And the Lord restored their body part that wasn't there. Glory to God. And my goal this morning isn't to give you a theological breakdown of everything. But let me share this with you. Humanity is deceived, and we know this from Psalms chapter 49. You can write that down. Psalms chapter, humanity is deceived. And you carry the light in you. You know, part of our vision, there are two parts to it that reference this, is that people come to a church to ex that people come to know and experience God's love through life in Christ. How many of you know you do that by getting born again? And then they come to this place of sharing with others about the good life in Christ. So people are in two positions. They're developing. We're developing to where we're sharing. But there are others that don't know the Lord at all. 
And they need to come to the place of knowing the Lord. Amen? And I could give you so many testimonies of salvations and things that the Lord has done in my own life through the years. It's phenomenal. I've been on the job. Now, it was great when I worked for my father-in-law because he saved and he's like, preach, Sean, you know. I mean, we would get our work done, of course. I never, I don't feel like I ever slacked on that. Maybe I did once or twice, probably. But I would preach everywhere. It didn't matter where it was. We preach through work. We preach. I'm vocal. I, I'm, I need to say something. That's how I'm geared. Not everybody is that way. But I don't, there's a part of me that does not mind putting people in an uncomfortable position for them. Because I know that there's an eternal consequence at, at, at play here. And so, so what if I yelled too loud, the bridge is out? It's out. And we live in a society that say, don't tell us the bridge is out. And then people will die and go, you didn't tell us the bridge was out. That's the culture, that's humanity's nature. Amen. So we see in Psalms 49, the whole chapter, and you can read it. I'm going to just go to verse 8. It says this, what for the ransom of a life is too costly. I'm going to go back to verse 7. None of them can by any means redeem either himself or his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. Verse 8 says, for the ransom of a life is too costly, and the price one can pay can never suffice. One translation in the Living Bible, it says this, For a soul is far too precious to be ransomed by mere earthly wealth. There is not enough of it in all the earth to buy eternal life for just one soul to keep it out of hell. In other words, if you read through the whole chapter of Psalms 49, which you should, you'll see that man works all these different things to why they're going to, you know, make it into heaven. And I've said this before. What bargaining chip are you going to give or are you going to present as evidence before the maker of heaven and earth and the maker of all humanity and say, I believe this is enough to get me into heaven? The one who is all pure, all holy, all just, all righteous, never, the, the, the level, the level, the standard that has been set. There is no way humanity has enough of anything to pay the price to get into heaven. You or I, you cannot do enough good works. Now this is good news for you and me. Because take the pressure off. This is Grace. But think about this in terms of the people that you're going to be a witness to. What if they look at you and say, well, I believe my good works will outweigh my bad works. I had a gentleman tell me that here at the church one time. I said, you're really going to bank on that? Because your bad works, your bad works are down to the intentions of the heart. I say this. I plead the blood, nothing of myself. You say, what are you going to say? I plead the blood. I plead the blood and body of Jesus Christ. Amen? The nature of man is this. Genesis 6, 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Jot these down. You don't have to turn to them. Genesis 8, 21. 
And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Mark chapter 7, verse 20, and he said, what comes out of a man, that defiles a man. For from within, out of the heart of men, out of where? Out of the heart of men proceed what? Evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within. Come from where? Within and defile a man. What will, you, what will a man give to save himself? Psalms 14 verse 1. The fool has said in his heart there is no God. They are corrupt, the Lord says. They have done abominable works. There is, no, there is none who does good. Proverbs 20 verse 9. Who can say I have made my heart clean? I am pure from my sin. Isn't that a powerful verse? You say, what does this have to do? I, I don't want to look at these verses because it condemns me. If you're born again, why are you thinking that's you? That's my question. But you need to realize this. This is my point in sharing these scriptures. Think about the person that you're ministering to that is not born again. This is the condition of their heart. Amen. And people will say to you, they say, well, I didn't pick it. No, but you didn't earn your salvation either. Now, I'm not saying they wouldn't have picked it because they would have. But how many know Adam and Eve sealed us? And Jesus unsealed us and resealed us. <laughs> Amen? Okay? So we know this, but this is good to know. Job 14.4, who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? No one. Job 15.14, what is man that he could be pure? That's a good question. And he who is born of a woman that he could be righteous? If God puts no trust in his saints and the heavens are not pure in his sight, how much less man who is abominable and filthy who drinks iniquity like water? Now, the wonderful thing about this verse, if you think about it, because Job was questioning things, is there actually is a man that came out of a woman that is righteous. But it had to be God. It had to be God. Amen? Job 25 verse 14 says this, or verse 4 says this, How then can man be righteous before God, or how can he be pure who is born of a woman? Jesus is the answer. Psalm 53 verse 1, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt and have done abominable iniquity. There is none who does good. Skipping down to verse 3 in that same chapter, it says, There is none who does good, no, not one. Matthew 15, 19, Out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, and false witness, and blasphemies. People say sometimes, I can't believe the way these people are thinking. It's in their heart. We saw a commercial the other day, and it's guys dressed up like women. And they're all rejoicing and dancing and they're in flashy, fancy clothes and they try and make it all appealing and I'm looking at them going, they're dead inside. My call is not to, uh, to bring judgment to those people and be the righteous avenger for God. My call is to be the ambassador of heaven and go to them and preach and share the good news with them. 
Because as much as you, you guys need to realize this, we all know this, the enemy is the master of disguise. Those people, those who do not have Christ, they are miserable. In the night, they hate themselves. In the night, they cannot sleep because they are tortured inside. Don't let them fool you. They are blind. They are lying to your face if they say they're happy. Because only one can satisfy the eternity that exists in every person. And that is Jesus Christ. Now we can't make them submit, I understand that. But realize what you're, what you're dealing with. Don't be fooled by flashy Don't let the devil fool you into thinking that those that are in your family that don't know the Lord who are partying every weekend and doing all, or every day, who knows? You know, I, have fr- I had friends that were continually drunk every day. Why? Because inside, they're empty. And what I found, it didn't matter how much weed I smoked in conjunction with the alcohol. Because you know, if one is good, the other's got to be better with it. It just made me sicker. I could not get peace inside. And that frustrates me. But then Jesus. Thank God my family didn't quit praying for me. I would be dead right now. And my grandparents would irritate me. You know, like good grandparents should. My mom's grandparents were really sweet, well, mostly, and then my dad's dad, he was like, you know, love with a hammer, you know what I mean? I I went through a stage where I thought I was going to be cool and try out the common thing in the day, and I'm not going to even tell you what it was because it's embarrassing. And I showed up one time to a barbecue at my grandpa's house. My grandpa looked at me and goes, that looks ridiculous. What are you doing? And I had been rebelling from my parents. He goes, you need to apologize and repent and get home. Now, I didn't do it right away. I should have. It would have saved me some health problems. But eventually, I appreciated those words. Now, my my mom's mom, she would say, now, you cannot call me this. You cannot. <laughs> she would say, Shawnee, and this is what she called me. Now, Shawnee, and she had an accent. Remember, Mom, she used to grab our faces? We had to tell you to s- tell Mumwa not to do that. She had all these rings on when we were kids. And she would, oh, and she'd see us, and it was like, you know, Holy Ghost power would take over. And she'd grab our faces. I just love you. And, you know, those rings. It pinches your face. We felt the love of the Lord. But anyway, she'd say, Shawnee, now we're praying for you. And I'd be like, oh, gosh, praying for me. You need to pray for me, you know. <laughs> How many experience some of these things in your family? Yeah, we're praying for you. I know I'm getting texted for my younger brother on this. <clears throat> Last week, you know, I talked about the bumper sticker. He, he texted me, send me a church bumper sticker. 
He'll be in, he's in Texas, it'll be fine. <laughs> so, in other words, it had an effect on me. I was yielding to sin. And you know, after I got saved, uh, the Lord began to deal with, uh, like, Heidi's family about me, and they'd pray for me, and, you know, and different things like that. And as it progressed, the Lord would give prophetic words through them to me, and even... Uh, Grammy gave me one when I, I think when I turned 24, so it was a day and a half ago, 20 years ago, <laughs> 20 years ago, guys, and, and I'm doing things today that was, that word was then, it didn't start till recently, so don't give up on those prophetic words, because they come to pass if you follow the Lord, but anyway, she said, she said what the devil meant in, in stealing, God was going to turn for good. And she said, he got a portion of your time, the enemy did, and he did, but he's going to regret that he ever did it. And now I'm in the full-fledged will of God making him regret what he tried to do, amen, by the power of God. So realize, the people that you're around, they're lost. Romans 3, 9 says, what then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks, and that covers every person on the planet. That, that phrase right there, that they are all under what? Sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues they have practiced deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. How many have seen that? Destruction and misery are in their ways. They are miserable without Jesus. Come on, you, every day if your existence is to make another dollar or wait to the weekend so you can be inebriated and not think, and try and bury the pain, the suffering, the divorce, the abuse, the hatred, the, the things that you've gone through in your life that are unfair. And they think and they act like, oh, it's all okay. And they're rolling down a track to eternity. And what are we doing to say, hey, here we are. The Lord loves you. Because you know and I know. How many ever tried to drown your sorrows? There's a few people that are lying right now, because <laughs> I know you. <laughs> and yet in the midst of it, it doesn't matter how drunk I got, my heart still talked. You ever notice uh, drugs or alcohol can't get to your spirit? Mm. Can't won't get there. There's no pathway. And that's where they are. The way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Romans 3.23, for how many have sinned? All and fallen short of the glory of God. But today I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And none of what I was exists because I've been made new in him. And all of a sudden, I realized, I don't need the other stuff. 
And I began to grow and develop in the Lord. And you continue to grow. And we've talked about this before, but I'm telling you what. There is no greater, no greater thing in life than to know God better and better every year. Nothing beats it. How many know lost people in your world? How many had things, the ushers handed you the salvation track and those things when you came in? At some point, I want you to stick this one in your Bible and bring it every Sunday. You say every Sunday. Yeah, just use it as a bookmark because at some point we'll just practice on each other. I'm telling you guys, I've walked up to people and said, has anybody ever told you that God loves you and that he has a wonderful plan for your life? I have a real quick question to ask you. If you were to die this very second, do you know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you would go to heaven? I don't even let them answer me. I just go. And they go, and they go, uh, I don't know. Hold on. <laughs> Says here, if yes, great, why, why do you say that? If they respond with anything but I have Jesus in my heart or something similar to this, proceed with the script. Or no, I hope so. Oh, they said I hope so. Let me quickly share with you what the Holy Bible reads. <laughs> and I just have gone through it. And then you get to, and it says on the bottom, you know, continue to the other side. <laughs> I'm going to say a quick prayer. And if you hold this just right, you can't see them. And you don't have to worry about the look on their face or anything like that. <laughs> no, I just want to get you so full of the Holy Ghost and drunk, you won't even care who you're talking to. Because I know this. In Acts chapter 2, we see Peter, a man afraid to walk with his master to his death, changed into a Holy Ghost breathing, fire preaching evangelist because of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And all fear left him. And he walked through that anointing that came from heaven, that rushing mighty wind. And he stepped out to the other side and preached to the very ones that killed his master fearlessly. Which tells me, with my God there's enough power to overcome anything. Anything. If you, you know, if you're not at this point right now, you can always leave this, and this will preach to them. You don't even have to tell your server or whoever. You can just put it there. And I've heard people mock gospel tracts. I think it's foolish. I'm not going to mock any method used to win people to Jesus. Because I have testimonies of people in my life of the strangest things get people to lead people to Christ. The strangest. I have a friend who was Mormon. She got born again reading a license plate. And they love it. I know them personally. They love and serve the Lord. They're in a gospel-believing evangelical church. They love the Lord. Don't tell me. You, they can get saved on a billboard. I'm not going to put God in a box. 
So if you can't do that, leave this. If you can't do that, leave them an invite. I'll tell them. And there's plenty of people here that will. Jess Piper, raise your hand. This is Jess Piper. He came to the church, rededicated his life to the Lord uh, over the phone with me because of an internet ad. Because somebody told him because he had tattoos he was going to hell. you got to be kidding me. How do you come up with that? And then you've been with us now just how long? You and Mary Jo. Year and a half. And what? And we had Jim Hockaday here, right, just a while back. And, and your daughter was what? Yeah. Now, now here's the thing about that, guys. Now, Deborah, you go ahead and raise your hand. I know you love this, but I'm going to work with you. She doesn't want to be known. <laughs> yeah, right there, yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you this. This is so funny. Yesterday, I'm washing my car, and it's warm out, and I didn't have my phone, and I make my daughter bring it to me, Taylor. This is how some people are. But she comes out, and she's like giggling nervous, you know, and she had her pajamas on, which her pajamas are not bad. But she brings them out to me. She brings me the phone, and I go, why are you, you know, what's the good? She's like, somebody might see me. I'm in my pajamas. So being the good father that I am, I said, she's in her pajamas. <laughs> There's nobody in my neighborhood. And she's running to get back inside. Sorry, Deborah, that's the effect I have. Yeah, I know. But what if in fear of what, listen, we put Facebook ads on. Deborah saw things that were said to me. And my family. Were all of them just lovely? Yeah. She, I know she deleted things before I saw them. Because they hate Jesus. And I'm the next best thing because I'm a preacher. I mean, I had one guy. And I read this one, which I thought was hilarious. But he said, he said how did, a, how did a, a, an ugly guy like that get such a pretty wife? Oh, I just wanted to write him back. You jealous, bro? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord have mercy. Like I sit around and think about the fact that you hate me. I don't got time for that. Glory to God. In other words, we can be bold. Amen? Why don't you stand? Joy, why don't you come? I want to do a general prayer over everybody for the boldness of the Holy Spirit. Take invites, guys. Be a light. Be a witness. People say, well, what if they don't come to church? Then they won't, but at least lead them to the Lord. I mean, do, do everything. We'll do everything we can to be light and salt. Amen? Guys, and if need be, and you got to know you're in this kind of church, if it includes breaking the law. You say, what do you mean by that? It includes, the, it includes if, if man says we can't preach, we preach anyway. Amen. 
Why? Because I do not see anywhere in Scripture where I'm to submit to a law that is made contrary to what God has commanded me. It doesn't exist. And God is my God, not man. Amen? But we need Holy Ghost boldness. Amen? We need Holy Ghost boldness. Why don't you just close your eyes and go ahead and lift your hands. I'm just going to pray over you. Father God, we thank you for your word, your power, your spirit, your anointing. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, the baptizer with fire. And Lord, each individual, you know your children, Lord. And I'm not going to presume, Lord, to, to tell them where they're supposed to be because they have a relationship with you in this. Lord, maybe they're at the praying for people stage. Maybe they're at the leave a track stage. Maybe they're at the I'm going to reach out and help you make a decision right now stage. I'm going to be bold. I don't care who's around. But wherever it's at, Lord, all of us can use an increase of boldness. Come on out of your own heart right now to the Lord. Increase our boldness. Holy Spirit, fire, fall on your people right now. Increase boldness in us, Lord. We receive it, Father, in our young people. Lord, in, our, in, our, uh, in every age group, Father, increase boldness in the name of Jesus for your glory, Lord. Just say this with me. Say, Lord God, you know where I'm at. You know my heart. I desire to obey you fully. Lead me. Guide me. Lead me into the harvest. Send me as your laborer. And I will do in your power what you ask me to do. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We honor you, Jesus. We thank you. Real quick, I just want to do this. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus. Maybe you're watching online, you don't know Jesus, or you've walked away from him and you need to rededicate your life. This, this, the Spirit of God's been dealing with you. Now, if you're online, obviously we can't see your hands, so you have to message us. Let us know, but we'll get materials in your hands. But if you're in this place this morning and you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, you say, yeah, I need to, I need to fully commit and submit to his Lordship. I just want you to raise your hand where you're at. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? Full dedication. I know there's many believers in here, but I don't want to assume because your heart is between you and the Lord. Okay. Thank you for that. Let's go ahead and pray together. Uh, if you'd repeat after me, Father God, we come before you in Jesus' name. Thank you for the blood and body of Jesus. Lord, I've strayed and I'm coming home full surrender to you. I receive complete cleansing 
And I thank you that fellowship is fully restored through the blood and body of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the joy of my salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.